entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. What is going on everybody? Welcome into the new episode of Side Mission. I, as always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck, and we have got a lot to talk about today. Boys, we finally have some prices for the next-gen consoles. Xbox releases their prices. The Series S is going to be 299 Series X is going to be 499 How are we feeling? What do we think about this? Honestly, I think those are very competitive prices. Um, if you're yes, If you're looking yeah. at the way the One X released at the $500 mark, I knew... If they tried to market the next-gen console at anything above that, it was going to drive people away. But having, you know, this console, I'd, I honestly, aside from it ha not having a disk drive, the only noticeable difference I saw was that it doesn't support 8K. Well, if yeah. you're spending the $300 on the digital console, you probably don't have an 8K TV anyway. So I think that is a, that's probably a really, really good deal. You know, for them to be putting out, that's that's a very, very good price, and I'm excited to get my hands on it. I don't know that I or any of us really had an appropriate reaction when we saw Series S 299, because we have to realize that there are PS4 Pros right now that are being sold for $100 more than that. There are One Xs and One Ss that are being sold for more than that. And Matt, I think that it's insane that... We knew this whole time that it was kind of a game of chicken. Who is going to blink first? Who's who's going to reveal their price first so that the under, other can undercut them? Matt, I don't think PlayStation can really undercut the Series S and come out on the right end profit-wise. Yeah, definitely. Sony is going to have a run for its money with this. Um, this announcement for the Series S, the price for the uh, Series X, and the Series S just came out of nowhere. It was like 1 a.m. on Twitter, uh, people were coming <laughs> out with this stuff. And Microsoft, I do want to just, like, you know, give it to them how they handled it. But in the end, I, I personally think it was a controlled leak. I don't yeah. think that it was 100% like Microsoft did not know this was going to happen. Um, I've been seeing some tweets from, you know, the crew over there who have been working on this system and all that over at Microsoft Game Studios. And they've been talking about how it's like, you know what? Good job, guys. Y'all figured it out. You, you did the leaks. But just I love I love the way Microsoft handled it. Very professional of them. And I definitely uh, everyone's got their eyes on Sony right now. And the Series S was quite the surprise. We've been hearing rumors about, you know, that's going to be two models coming out because Microsoft followed the uh, Series S with the Series X, just like they had the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we have two different models to choose from. And the Series S isn't going to be too underpowered compared to the yeah. S. And I think that's fantastic. I think that's going to be a great way for Microsoft to, you know, ground themselves in this coming generation. Unlike last time when the Xbox One was announced and we saw how that went for them and they gave Sony that lead. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not talk about how bad the uh, Xbox One reveal <laughs> was because that, uh, that might have been one of the biggest PR failures of, uh, of our lives. Absolutely. That's an understatement. I think that we all knew that it, whether it's limited manufacturing, limited this, limited that, we all pretty much knew that these systems were going to sell, 
right? Like we all knew mm-hmm. that people were going to yeah. go out day one and get these. Now you have a very, very healthy amount of people that are they're in the crowd of I'm going to wait a few months, maybe even a year or so, and let them iron out the kinks, iron out all the flaws, and then fix it. And I think that that all kind of spawned from with the Xbox 360. What problem developed from that console? Obviously, the Red Ring of Death. That spawned, and that is kind of what happens when general oversight by a company, when you let that go unchecked, that's kind of what happens. So I think that it's very, very interesting that, like you said, Matt, you say controlled leaked. I think that's putting it lightly. I think that Microsoft 100% planned this because they confirmed it way too quickly. And I think, Kyle, they used one of your favorite memes on Twitter to – kind of confirm it with uh, yeah, the did. guy looking at the camera and then looking away real quick. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. It's really funny, but it's also one of those that I'm glad that somebody finally came out and just said, this is how much they're going to be. They go up for pre-order on the 22nd. Kyle, I had you call GameStop earlier for some intel. And before we get to that, th- big thanks to them, obviously, for giving us the information. Obviously, they can't give us everything they've got planned because they're not allowed to due to corporation restrictions. Kyle, what did you find out that they were able to tell us today? So pre-orders for the Xbox Series S and the Xbox uh, Series X are both going up on t- uh, September 22nd, $50 minimum down. And I I personally believe that the play- the PS5 might release on the same day. Um, they did say that they will be having... Um, a deal where you can trade in your old console for your new one, but they don't know exactly, you know, how much they're going to be giving you, if it ties into the payment plans, you know, this or that. Uh, I guess we'll find out more going forward. But, yeah, it's it's September 22nd, $50 down minimum. I just want to say shout-out to Kyle because I, I, t- I put in the group chat today I needed somebody to do some journalism work while I was in the <laughs> office, and Kyle stepped up and called GameStop and got all this info for us. And I think that... One, I'm very happy that there is going to be a deal for trading in your older consoles. Obviously, I own The Last of Us Part Two PS4 Pro. That's not getting traded in. That is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. Uh, but it's good to know that by trading in my Xbox One, my dinosaur Xbox One that's you know going on <laughs> seven years old now, it's good to know I'm going to have some. So, Matt, I'll start with you here. What are What is your general prediction for what a deal like that might look like in terms of, like, if you trade this in, you'll get X amount back. What do you think, and do you think it'll vary based on if you're trading in a Pro or S or X model versus a base model? Um, I definitely think that the base model Xbox One uh, – I don't see that really. I see maybe about 150 you might be getting back towards as long as you're putting that credit towards an Xbox Series X or Series S. Uh, I think the primary focus we're looking at is the Xbox One X towards a Series X or a Series S because that is the most recent release um, from those models. So um, I think we're looking at maybe 250 trade-in credit towards one of the next-gen systems from an Xbox One X, which... That's that's going to be half of the Series X, so that's fantastic if that's the case. It's speculation, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's all speculation, speculation right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we 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 need to point out we have no insider information other than what Kyle just gave us. Like we have no idea what it is going to be, other than the fact that there will be some kind of a deal given out. So, I I think that I fall on the more conservative side, honestly. I fall on the side of I think that for 
your PS4 and your Xbox One, the base models. And then I'll also throw in there the PS4 Slim. I'll throw that in there as well. I think for those base models, I think that you're going to be looking at getting maybe 100 back for those. And I think that that's a good deal considering, again, these are old consoles. We don't realize it, but time has flown by in this console generation. You know, it, it has it began in late 2013, and it's going to end here. You know, it's still they're going to make games, obviously, and stuff for them. Still, they're going to make games that can run on them still, and that's cool and all. But you know, this is a console cycle that's already seven years old, and that that's not including you know obviously the Switch because the Switch came out later. But I think that if you get a hundred bucks back, if you told me right now that for my dinosaur console, like I just said, that I can get a hundred bucks back for it and put it towards that Series X or Series S, I'm ecstatic about that. I'm super happy about that. I think for the S, the X, and the Pro, I think for those you're looking at closer to 150. I think you'll look at a fifty dollar difference roughly there. Um, that's all speculation though. Now we can talk about games that are currently out. And last Thursday was a pretty big day. NBA 2K21 released, and obviously these two don't care about that game. I love it, but I'm just we're not even going to touch that because these two don't know basketball or sports. <sighs> I'm alone here. But we <laughs> did get one game that me and Kyle have been playing a ton of, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remakes. And, Kyle, they're hard. They're not they easy, are. are they? No, they are not. It. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I feel like I had a much easier time on these when I played as a kid. Um... They're, they're a lot of fun to go back and revisit, though. I'm looking at all these levels, and I'm like, man, dude, I, I spent so many hours, you know, playing this, you know, growing up. I, I loved I loved the Tony Hawk games. I wish they would have done, you know, not just one and two, but also uh, Underground, like I know Matt was talking about the other day. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a lot harder than I remember. <laughs> it's a lot like uh, it's like the Crash Insane trilogy, where it's like yes. Crash Bandicoot wasn't this hard as a kid. Right. It wasn't like, this hard, was it? And I think I, I I've I've said my theory multiple. I think it's because as kids we didn't get nearly as frustrated as quickly with these games. We kind of just played them and we didn't really care that much. And then we grow older, and for some reason we care a whole lot more now. But yeah. <laughs> but. It's been a lot of fun to play. As someone who I didn't play a lot of 1 and 2, played a little bit of Underground, and Underground, I mean, obviously has the reputation it does for a reason. I think that if this game is doing, this game, this game has done very, very well. Uh, it's got a lot, a lot of really, really solid review scores right now. I know that IGN, I believe, gave it a 9. Um, and if IGN gives you a 9, especially in a year like this, it's pretty solid um, in terms of the other game that uh, we'll get to. We'll get to when we get to. I don't know if I even want to talk about that game yet. But Tony Hawk Pro Skater one two has been a lot of fun. Matt, you played. You watched your brother play the old ones. You told us that he raised a lot at him, and it really kind of gives a lot of context to me and Kyle raging at it now. Yeah, um, just like hearing you guys play and talking about it reminds me a lot of what my brother's uh, crimes were with it. Uh, <laughs> the scoring system is insane. Like I'm not. I, I try these games out when my brother was at home. I turn on the PlayStation and, and, you know, try and play it for myself, and it just wasn't something I was good at. And I try to get better at it. And I played the multiplayer with some friends, like we did split screen, but I, you know, uh, we played for several hours. It, it's fun. It's fun. I'm not going to knock it for what it is. It's just, it's, it's not something that, you know, I can, you know, see myself looking forward to the next game but I, I mean i respect them for where they came from they definitely popularized a specific genre that we hadn't seen yet till tony hawk released mm -hmm. absolutely and i think that we look at the last skateboarding game that released before this and how much of a disaster it was 
Mm-hmm. I don't even. I, I just remember seeing all the videos about how glitchy it was and about how it just it felt like a lazy cash in. And this does not feel like that. This feels very much like they put a lot of heart and soul into this. A lot of the original music tracks are there. All of all of the parks have been redone and remade to where, yeah, they might the lighting might not be exactly what you want it to be. That's what some reviews have said. But at the end of the day, I think that you can look past that and realize that it just it looks better. It's prettier as a whole, and it plays really, really well. It has moments, and Kyle, we can talk about this, as moments where you feel like a skateboard god. Then it has moments where you're like, "Am I an idiot? Am I bad at this game? Like, what is what is wrong with me?" Oh yeah, remember when we were doing the tutorial and uh, we're, like, doing, <laughs> we're like, "Man, this is so easy. We're just going through doing tricks." And then it's like, "Wait, do a manual? What?" Oh boy! And then, you know, from there on, we're just like, "What are all these combos I gotta do? I don't remember doing this." And then it's it's just it, it's so hard to pull them off so fast. How was I doing this at like you know eight years old? Like at some point, I'm like, was I just have I just gotten worse as a gamer as time goes on? Like I'm done. I'm 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 just messing up so many of these tricks, and I feel like I'm a scrub at this game. Right. And like, and it's like it's one of those where it's like, yeah, in some of these parks, you have to get like a pro score to you know as one of the objectives to maybe unlock the next park. And it's like, yeah, pro score. I'm sure it's easy if you're a pro. If you're like me and you suck at the game, it's probably really hard, and it has been really hard. <laughs> But I like the objectives as well. I think that that's been a really, really cool feature of just, yeah, there's not much of a story, and really there's not a story at all. It's literally just you unlocking parks by doing objectives, whether it's spelling out the word skate or finding you know five textbooks around the map for the school park or grinding on a rail for so long or doing a trick over a certain gap. And it's so many things. The funny part is I find myself doing some of these things just on accident. I'll just be button mashing, and out of nowhere <laughs> – I'm like, it's like, oh, you did a 10,000 score trick. And I'm like, no way. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Like, I guess I'm doing so much of this stuff on accident. But it, I think the only thing that I really wished would have been in this game is the ability to just free skate with your friend. Because I think that that would have given, I mean, I don't want to call Matt out here for not buying it, but I, I think it would have given Matt, Matt more of a reason to buy it. If he's able to just free skate, we're able to all just kind of, kind of just able to vibe like we do on Animal Crossing. Just chill. Right. Maybe do some tricks. Maybe, yeah. maybe just do something like that. Matt, would you have bought the game? Had a better chance of buying the game had that been the case? I mean, honestly, absolutely. It's just because it, it adds another game for us to play. You know, together, yeah. um, which we've been doing that quite a bit. Which was um, so. Yeah, I definitely think that a multiplayer aspect to Tony Hawk would have made these remasters, remakes, uh, just much better. Much better. I agree. I think that as a whole, I think that the 9 out of 10 scores that I'm seeing, very, very accurate, um, as opposed to the next game we're going to talk about. (laughs) I haven't watched a single review of this game. I don't know if I care to know how it's reviewing. I don't think I want to know how it's reviewing. I think I accurately have an idea of how it's reviewing. Look, we all knew that Marvel's Avengers was was facing an uphill battle. We all knew that. The beta obviously had its issues. People were not happy, and that's what led to the lower sales for it. Because people played the beta, saw what the game was at its core, didn't like it. Now, we, on the other hand, did not play the beta. God, I wish we did. I wish we did, because... I don't know that I've been disappointed by as much by a game as I was by Marvel Avengers, and I'll let you one of you take it from here because it just wasn't good. 
just was not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, start off with this one. Um, the moment that I had found out that Marvel's Avengers was going to be a GAAS, which is a games as a service type game, which we have seen with Destiny, and it <laughs> has popularized this sort of new kind of game that we're seeing with like daily updates and you know. When Destiny first came out, you know, it was a very bare bones experience. You know, you played the campaign, and um, what they it had going for it was just tight gunplay. It had great controls, except you know, it just still fell short of just yeah. lasting long enough to keep you interested. And over time, they became good games. They did. Like yeah. they, they improved a lot. They did. And um, I can say I, I'm hoping the same thing happens for Avengers like I just hope it's finally gets ground you know we already know several new characters coming out Kate Bishop and Hawkeye and then sometime next year PS4 exclusive with Spider-Man and um, I'm hoping that over the course of this game we get like updates we get you know patches to, to fix the the crashing the long load times uh, True load screen. better True. matchmaking as well there's just a lot of issues with the game, but it just came out, so I will give it the benefit of the doubt for that. But I'm not going to forget some of these glitches I've been seeing, like this uh, shield agent's hat is on the ground, moving around like <laughs> she's bald-headed. I'm looking down, I see her hat moving at her feet. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Is there a mouse under that hat or something? And I see her hair, and I'm like, well, that ain't right. <laughs> and there's just been, I know you've had some kind of glitches too, Rusty. Yeah, I had Captain America late in the uh, spoiler alert here. In case you actually thought Captain America died early on in this game, like I don't know, I don't know what toddler playing this game really believed that Captain America was not going to be playable at some <laughs> point. But at some point in the game, in a cutscene, Captain America. First of all, it, it sounds very, very serious, like how the voice actor's talking. But his face is just blank, and all of a sudden, eye just pops out of his socket. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is going on? And then I say you got the screenshot where it's like he's biting his lower lip. <laughs> but he but it was doing that while he was talking. I was like, what is going on? Why is this why are you like this? Like, <laughs> what, what, like my thing, okay, glitches aside. Glitches aside. I'm just so disappointed because I we knew this was gonna be a games as a service type game. We knew that's what it was gonna be. These games are very hard to talk about right at release because they're not in their quote unquote final form yet. We don't know what this game is gonna look like a year from now. And honestly, you want a prediction? I think this game will be dead a year from now. But it's just me. I think this game will be dead a year from now. That's realistically <laughs> what I think. Because I just don't see I don't see enough potential here. I don't. I think that a an open world Avengers game would have had potential. A single player focused yeah. Avengers game would have been spectacular. The problem is, it's almost like Square Enix took a page out of EA's book and said, "Let's go and let's 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 get as much money as we can," and that's what they did. It's a cash grab of a game. The story is the only positive I can come up with. It really yeah. is. The story is. Probably the voice acting is good. It's okay. It's not. It's not awful like it was at the reveal, but the story. It's it's so disappointing because the story was surprisingly very good, and very engaging, and the characters were really good. Loved Troy Baker as Bruce Banner. Loved Nolan North as Iron Man. Thought that I don't know who it was that voiced Miss Marvel or Kamala Khan, however you know her, but she did a very very good job voicing her. I thought. I just was very disappointed by how. Boring the gameplay was. 
That's really what killed this game for me. And Kyle, it sucks, because the day it released, we were like, dude, this is awesome. We're playing yeah. as Thor, <laughs> playing as Iron Man. This is awesome. Two hours later, man, this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, dude, I remember that first night, we were, you know, the entire prologue, you had all the characters and, you know, just all their all their powers, they were just going through, you know, like, hey, he can do this, he can do that, he can do this, he can do that, and it was like, whoa, whoa, it was just character on top of character pulling off these badass moves, and then out of nowhere, it's just like, alright, so you know everything you just played, that's not even the game. <laughs> It was, it's so um, true. Dude, it was the biggest <laughs> letdown I have ever experienced. It was so and how do you how do you have so much content? You know, I mean it's the Avengers. They had to try to ruin this and they did because it's cool that I can play with my friends, but it's not fun. So I would have much rather I definitely agree if they had done a single-player-focused open-world campaign where you could switch between Avengers and you could go on, you know, different missions, even if they were repetitive, it would have still been fun because it was open-world. I could have switched between Avengers, you know, just on the fly, and I would have had a lot more fun. That is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel for more content and follow us on Twitter at SideMissionPod. For Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck... I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Open Podcast Center.